last week where we answered the top five questions that we get most often. I would say across our many different channels that we got from our lovely listeners. Thank you. You're the best. We're the best. Keep coming back. Huge fans. All we do, we do for you. That's true. This week talking about social meds questions because there's always a ton about social media. Yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. We kind of like briefly answered a social media question last week, which is basically it ain't that deep. Just like post Mm. on or don't. (laughs) Don't get so butthurt about social media. TBD. We haven't heard any feedback back on that question yet. So hopefully you liked that answer. But there are so many other questions that kind of spring out of that. And we wanted to double click on some of them because I do feel like social media is one of those things that can cause intuitive entrepreneurs and also super sensitive people, like a lot of grief unnecessarily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's complex where I will feel personally a lot of the time it's not that deep. And then I'll feel it's so fucking deep. I can't deal with it. It's (laughs) like I'm at the depths of the ocean and I don't see a way out. Yeah, it's like when you like you're walking into the ocean, and then all of a sudden there's like a cliff, you know, where you're like, and then there's a riptide, and then yeah, and you're like, wait, oh my god, what is this? And you're like, now I'm scuba diving for life. (laughs) Now I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but that really is how it can feel. Um, We're gonna try and hopefully assuage some of your anxieties by talking about it for a little bit, sharing our perspectives. Yeah, and I feel like we should caveat this by saying social media is always changing. It is 2022, June 2022, and this is our perspective from where we sit right now, and we reserve the right to change our minds, but we're going to talk <laughs> about- cancel us. <laughs> no. no, I'm just saying we're going to talk. People asked about like, how do you market D2C products? How do like, what are the changes you're seeing on social media oh, right yeah. now? And that's not evergreen- like there aren't, isn't going to be an evergreen answer there, but like, is there really an evergreen answer when it comes to how you're feeling around something? Like we're constantly developing and growing and changing and we should be changing our minds, you know, around what we're experimenting with. So I'm just going to say that, but a lot of these questions are also around like spiritual or personal epiphany, epiphanies around social media. And I can speak for myself. This is where I'm at right now. What about you, Wallace? And to your point, the media landscape changes so quickly now. And even thinking about the, I don't know, I think about what media isn't social. We kind of talked about this last week, but social media includes a lot of different things now that we tend to bucket into TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. But if you think about it, things like Substack and Clubhouse, Geneva, Mighty Networks, Discord, all of these things are different forms of social media, or some people think some are more like message boards, however you want to categorize it. There's very little media that is not social unless it's parasocial, which is like a TV ad or a billboard. And even then, it usually migrates in some way to another channel of media. So even Reddit like gets repurposed and spread on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Like all of these things are sort of multimedia, multi-channel interconnected. So yes. yeah, it's all social. Okay. Let's start with what has been your most profound epiphany around social media? <clears throat> well, I think my most profound epiphany, I don't – I'm not particularly profound. I'm pretty simple-minded, but 
the thing that was most freeing about social media when I realized it was understanding that it's just a playground where I can flex what I'm learning as a spiritual person. Like it's this universe, this other dimension that's separate from this physical realm and separate from the spiritual etheric realm. It's another universe, a multiverse, if you will, where I can go play and like try ideas out. And the algorithm in a way or the algorithms that exist out in the world are ways for me to test the things that I'm thinking about and see how they resonate in the world before I maybe go try it IRL. And I think that that's really cool. And kind of looking at everything as like a challenge or an experiment makes it so much less precious. And I feel like I learn really quickly on social media versus like in real life. And something actually I've been saying to myself recently is I do not need to learn things the hard way. That's a, mm. that's a mantra I've been repeating. Like I don't need to learn things the hard way because for a lot of my life I did. And instead I can learn things the easy way. <laughs> it's kind of like the the inverse or the other side of what would this look like if it were easy? Yeah. Totally. What about you? What's been your most profound epiphany around social media? When I have enjoyed social media the most, and I guess in terms of my personal account, I've never been like consistently on it, for one. I'll send you like so many DMs and never hear from you for like a week and a half. And I'm like, she just hasn't logged in Instagram. (laughs) And then I like binge it. I feel so It's It's not a proud thing for me. I truly forget about it. That's I great. truly forget if I'm stuck in like Substack land or perusing Twitter. I haven't been in a consistent habit of it from a personal brand perspective because I'm usually spending a lot of like time and energy thinking about creating content, whether it's a different company or channel. It's not so much me thinking about it. Anyways, I feel that I have had the most fun with social media when I'm relaxed about it and when I'm just feeling like this isn't that serious. This is, to your point, a place for experimentation. You can get feedback so rapidly, which is so great. I do think it's a great place for connection. Like there's some people I definitely stay in touch with just via social media, like old friends or kind of acquaintances where you share information that you might not text about. So I think for me, my biggest epiphany in general is that when I have ease around it is when there's the most expansion and growth and flow versus being like, well, I can't post this thing unless it's perfect. Right. Or yeah. the other day, I was like, I haven't posted something on my feed in a year. And in my mind, <laughs> which and is then it's huge because you're like, oh my God, whatever goes in the feed has to be amazing. I'm like, it has to be epic. Like, <laughs> this has to be a year's worth of, you know, epicness or something, whatever. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, oh, I haven't posted in like maybe six months tops. And then I was like 20, I looked at it, I was like 2021. 20, I was like, whoa. But my long winded way of saying that is, like many things when you're not as precious about it and perfectionist, it's more fun when you're having more fun. Hell yeah, dude. And people Hell feel yeah. that too. I think people respond to that. If if that's what you're looking for is to have more ease and more fun, it's almost as simple as making that decision of I'm not going to have, you know, this idea of what so-and-so thinks of what so-and-so, you know, this narrative you've built in your head. It's more like what would just be, what would make me laugh? if I posted it yep. or whatever. Yeah. Or feel inspired. I, it doesn't have to be about making yourself laugh. 
but it can be like, mm-hmm. it's just a place. If that's what you're testing, if you're like, wow, yeah. can I be funny? Like, can yeah. I embody that identity right now of like how funny yeah. I am that I don't really show people that if that's not my quote unquote brand, yeah. that's a great thing to do. I think okay. you're touching on so much that actually are in a bunch of these answers that are coming yes. up. I think you, you really like knocked it out of the park, but that. All right. Leads- that's it. That's the pod. That's it. That's the end of the show. We'll see you next Just have fun. <laughs> but and the next question. See you later. Is, Good luck. <laughs> the next question is about what changes you're seeing on social media platforms. And I think to your point, it's like the the death of curation of the like perfectly beautiful, gorgeous, well thought out content. And it's more just like be weird because I think the rise of TikTok and just how fucking weird people are on TikTok mm-hmm. in a good way. And how I don't want to use the word <laughs> crazy girls. I don't want to use authentic because I feel like it's just so overwrought. But like, yeah, you don't look good. You have bad lighting. It's oh, not high so production. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't have a high production value. Like, and people are really responding to that. People want like some grounded reality, I think, from social media. So honestly, an a hyper curated feed or a hyper curated person is a turnoff. It feels like AI or something. It feels like a brand trying to be cool. We're over indexed on filters and curation. So what people want to see is what feels more kind of off the cuff, a little bit more fun, a little bit more like did this on the fly, which reminds me of that app Be Real. I only used it for like a day because I was like, this is not something that I'm going to have the attention span to keep doing. But it basically pings you twice a day and you can only post a photo from in the the app's camera of exactly what you're doing or where you are. And whether it succeeds or not, I think just points to exactly this era that we're in of people wanting to move towards what feels more authentic, whether it is or not. If it feels that way, it's what we want to see. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And I think that has to do with, and I think we're going to see a big change. I don't know if it has to do with it, but I think we will see a shift on social media because we're moving into a recession in the United States at least. And the last time we had a recession like this in the US was year 2000 to year 2003 because 2008 was something totally different. But Y2K, everybody's going to crash. Yes, it's like very Y2K vibes. And I've been trying to think about like, okay, what was trending at that time? Like what were we Mm -hmm. searching for, reaching for as an economy, as, you know, as social creatures? Like what was so popular around that period of time? And I actually think it was like the beginning of reality TV. Ooh, yeah. (gasps) Oh. I have a gift for you. Sorry. <laughs> it's a book and it's called, I'm going to mess it up, um, but it's about how fangirls created the internet to be oh. where it is today. And it focuses on One Direction and Tumblr, but oh, then it zooms out basically to talk about just fangirls and how fangirls have informed the internet. And to your point, talks a lot about reality TV at the same time. So wow, I okay. got an extra I copy. 
Oh my God. I can't wait to read that. I actually want to rec- recommend a book. I'll send it to you and I'll say it yeah. out loud. It's called Dress Code, Unlocking Fashion from the New Look to Millennial Pink. And it's by the woman who kind of accidentally coined the term Millennial Pink. And it's so good. It's it's like a very philosophical, anthropological Sick. perspective. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's great. Book exchange. Oh my God. But on that note, I do think that we're going to see more changes on social media that reflect the overall vibe shift that's coming with the recession. And that might be kind of what we've talked about on Good For You in the past about sort of like night lux aesthetic where people are going mm-hmm. out, speakeasies, stuff like that, wealth and flaunting wealth. But it might also go in a totally different direction. Who who really knows? TBD. Okay. And the next question is, what are the biggest aha moments you've had when it comes to being comfortable being seen on social media? Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> well, I'll speak from the vantage point of I don't know if I'm there yet in terms of being comfortable, but kind of like we were saying earlier with the first question that we asked or, or that we talked about, what's your biggest epiphany around social media? I think my biggest aha moments over the past few years have been that when I'm having the most fun and I'm not loading expectations on the things that I share or people that I'm sharing with. I'm just sharing from a place of genuine um, joy and curiosity Mm -hmm. that that's when it feels nourishing and it doesn't feel like this weird game of, oh, I'm putting something out and what are people going to think of me? It's like, no, I feel really good about putting this out just because I think it's really cool. And Mm -hmm. it's okay if people don't respond to it in a specific way, because I just want to share this interest or this experience or whatever. So for me, it's really, I'm not super comfortable being seen, I think, because in some ways on social media, because I'm pretty private in a lot of ways. And I think that's also okay. I think you can still be private about a lot of parts of your life, but still show up online. It's just figuring out how do you want to show up? Yeah. I agree so much. I think that you can be totally like uh, quote unquote authentic and vulnerable and still not share every little thought that, you know, pounds through your head or every experience that you're going through. And that's actually really healthy. And that discernment is a good muscle to flex. Absolutely. And this is something that we also really focus on in Digital Alters, our Notion class all about social media and showing up online. We use as a framework really thinking about how to embody certain archetypes. Mm -hmm. And I think what that has opened up for me when thinking about showing up in different spaces online is that it has you kind of take your power back. So you can really sit, you can really communicate from a place of truth and holding on to your power and not giving it away to other people or other people's perceptions. Mm-hmm. And something that we focus a lot on in the class is really trying to understand, yes, the internet and social media is different than IRL interactions. But it's not, there's often these conversations, I feel like of, oh, social media and internet life is not real, real, and then there's real life. And it's all real life in my perspective. And it's all our opportunities to make magic and to bring and call in magic and share magic. And it's maybe simplistic and corny, but a lot of it is really you get out what you put in and how you show up and what intention and energy you show up with, it, for the most part, is reflected back to you. Oh, my gosh. 
yes, upvote all of that. People want your magic, not your perfection. Period. Ooh. End of story. There you go. And, <laughs> but but really, like it's so true that what you put into algorithms, just like with money, algorithms are amplifiers. So it amplifies what's there and what you put into it. So desperation is amplified, but so is and so is negativity. If you are feeling negative or like ugh, dragging your feet, like it's going to feel worse and worse. It's going to get bigger and bigger, I think, when it comes to algorithms on social media. But if you've got pleasure and if you feel lit up and if you are in joy, even if you're uncomfortable, like you can get comfortable being uncomfortable. You've done lots of uncomfortable things in your life. And I think like the algorithm will reward you. Not even reward you. It just amplifies what's already there. It's it's neutral. It's not like you're good or bad. It just makes it bigger. So I don't know. Being Amplify is a great word. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It I really sums up a lot of it. Right. Because it's neutral. It's not like, oh, if I'm bad, this will happen. If I'm good, this will happen. It's just like, nope. It's just like Alice in Wonderland eating the eat me to grow cookie. It just grows. It's very mm-hmm. vegetarian, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, showing up to be comfortable on social media, I think that archetype thing is huge. Like archetypes mm-hmm. are a shield in a good way. They're a healthy boundary or a healthy shield. And when we embody an archetype or a character, we're still ourselves. We're just a facet of ourselves. It's impossible to be like 100% of yourself all the time to all people. That would be so weird. We have to like try on different characters and pull up different elements of ourselves situationally. And the same thing happens on on Instagram in particular. I feel like people just say, just be yourself. But there are so many different fa- versions of me like, and they're all true. So kind of like narrowing it down and thinking about like, who do I want to be? What character or role do I need to play? What about the goals that I have or what I want to, what I want to accomplish? Who would be the best character to embody in this video game to help me get there for this moment of time? And then when I'm ready, I can sort of take off that costume and, and try on the next one. I think that really helps, but also being easy with yourself and like knowing that if you don't want to share, that's okay. It's all an experiment. It ain't that deep. We have one last question, which is what helps you make paradoxical moves and keep the magic alive when you're feeling kind of like, I hate this platform. I hate social media. (laughs) I want to just deuces and burn it all to the ground. I like this question. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I like that. It's a little extreme, but it's good. But we've all been there. Yeah, the Scorpio moon in me is like 100%. I, if I could mm. be a hacker, I would have destroyed Facebook for sure. I like love that tweet when people were saying, I hope Elon Musk buys Facebook and accidentally destroys it like he did Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's- but I think that the this this came to mind when I was looking at this question. The opposite of love is apathy. It's not hate. Yes. So when we – Like that hate, Mad Men quote. What's the Mad Men quote? I forget who is saying it to Don, but he's basically like, I feel sorry for you. And Don is like, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> exactly. Like, like burn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that – not 100% of the time, but when we have a strong reaction to something, that means there's something there to investigate. So if you're feeling like, whoa, all this hatred or vitriol towards a 
platform that's not a person that doesn't have like a soul. What is that telling you? <laughs> you know, like maybe investigate that a little bit and figure out what that's coming from and do a little shadow work if you want to. Uh, but for me, when I'm just like, oh, I'm so exhausted of this or maybe I feel like I'm getting criticized a lot. That's happened to me where I'm like, I can't do anything right. I feel like everything I do is wrong. It doesn't matter who I'm like. Oh my gosh, when I'm like really in my feelings, I'm like, no good deed goes unpunished. And I'm like, oh my shelf, get over it. Like, stop it. You know, and then I'm that when I have those moments where I'm like feeling bad for myself and I'm just like, I should just shut the whole business down. I should just delete all my social pl- platforms. I should just wipe myself from the internet. Then I'm like, oh my God, get over it. It's not that big of a deal. Like, not everyone's gonna like you. Not everyone's gonna like what you have to say. And that is okay because <laughs> that's just the truth. And I have to, that's like my lesson in life. Like I just need to learn how to be okay not being perfect and not having everyone love me. And that mostly means I have to be okay with myself. For a lot of us, it's very, very human to just want to be liked by everybody. Totally. I, it's just, we're social creatures. It's how we are. But the other day I was having this conversation with someone and it's a good reminder for me because they were having issues with this idea of, you know, people not liking them at work. And I was like, well, do you like everyone? <laughs> like, you sure as hell don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly. I know all the names. I got the list. And so I think it's just a good reminder of it's not even that personal. It's just like we only have capacity for so much. So when you're feeling this way, like getting over those humps and figuring out a way to have fun again or make it feel magical again, what's your paradoxical move go to around social media? Well, I think my paradoxical move as sort of a Scorpio person, my instinct is to be reactive and to be like, yeah, I'll just fucking deactivate my account. Fuck all of you. (laughs) Right. Like when I'm just really mad because like someone has said something nasty to me, which actually happens a lot. I feel like we don't talk about that, but it does happen quite a bit. And it's good to talk about because similar to failure tolerance, which we talk about a lot, and even when you're selling something, to be able to have a good conversion rate, you receive mostly no's. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's also an interesting way to think about when you're really putting yourself out there to be seen by a lot of people, especially if you have strong opinions or you have a lot to say. That also means that you're going to trigger a lot of people or people will. Be triggered. And so you will also hear from them. Yes. And sometimes you don't even hear from the people who think you're great, which is hard to remember. I think about how many creators I love that I've never DM'd because I'm like, I don't want to be a psychopath, but I do love everything you do. (laughs) Yeah. But you sure as hell will hear from the people who want to spend the time to tell you that they don't like what you're making. Yeah. And and as humans, we have negativity bias. So those louder voices, and this is like, everyone knows this, but those louder voices are always going to stick out more to you. They're going to be what you remember. I remember the mean note that someone wrote me, I don't know, probably a month ago, but I get beautiful, kind emails all the time from like amazing people. And those are harder to keep in our minds, right? But Mm -hmm. so for me, the paradoxical move is to just slow down Mm -hmm. because 
typically I have a reaction and it's like extreme. And Mm -hmm. I'm also an emotional projector. That's my authority. So I need to like go through my energetic wave. So I'm a sleep on it person. I let it brew, let it simmer. And then I run it through my system of, is this true? Is what this person's saying about me? Tr-? And mm-hmm. that's where knowing yourself is really helpful. Therapy is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Having friends that you trust is really helpful. And then kind of gauging that and like, is there a speck of truth there or maybe a, a boulder of truth there or, or not? And usually it's more on the not side than the yes side. Once I'm like, wait, I know who I am. I'm not what this person is saying. And I can't choose how they decide to think about me. There's nothing I can do about that. I can just be myself. And then I just try to like double down on being more, even more myself and like not censor myself. I'm not going to go out of my way to be like rude to them or biting or spill tea or something, but I just try to like make it more fun for me. Like what's going to be the funnest thing for me to share? What's hard about a lot of this stuff, there's no one, it's kind of just like when you f- you feel unhealthy and you're like, what can I do to just turn it all around real quick? It's like, mm. sometimes it's just little slow movements consistently over time. So it's mm-hmm. like working through when you're feeling, you know, triggered or upset and getting to the bottom of like, what is this actually about? And I yeah. think doubling down on your interests and what makes you feel good and light and have fun is kind of a remedy. Yeah. And maybe like a lighter version answer this question when you're just feeling like blah with all of these platforms or maybe even making content is like, okay, well, what would make this fun for me? Like mm-hmm. right now I'm just not really digging our social, our our visuals. So I'm like, I can't wait till we have an our archetype meeting later to talk about our Q3 archetypes. I'm so excited. So fun. Yeah. But like, I love when we put together like some new visuals or ideas Mm -hmm. or a vibe and that feels like a breath of fresh air for me. And that often really inspires me to make more content of like, Ooh, okay. What is this? What, how would this show up? What does this look like? What does this feel like? How can I do it differently? And uh, using more parameters for myself, like sometimes even making it instead of being like, how can I be more expansive? Thinking about like, okay, what rules can I apply to my creative process to make me more innovative? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like constraints. Like sometimes you need a little bit of a constraint to give yourself something to jump off of. Or if you're a sacral MG in human design, (laughs) you need need options to choose from. You need – it's it's hard to just go from a a blank slate. So to that point, looking at, you know, if there's a specific archetype that you're fascinated by or interested in, or if there's a creator that you're fascinated by and interested in, you can also look at them as an archetype and then also look up that archetype and say, okay, what's the journey and where am I maybe at on my journey? And this is part of it and that's okay to be here. It's almost like releasing the, the like grip too. Yes. Of just like being present with what is a little Mm -hmm. Zen Buddhism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like zooming out. So we're all going through an archetypal journey all the time, constantly. It might be the hero's journey, but it also might be an archetype journey of like, I don't know, made into mother to crone or student to artist to teacher or something like that, right? There's infinite archetype journeys. And kind of like figuring out what yours is and then zooming out and seeing like, okay, what's the next step? And also like, what is the challenge at this, at this place? 
like when I'm playing this character, because inevitably there is, there's always a challenge that you have to overcome to like, or surmount to become the next archetype to embody the next version of you. So just asking yourself like, oh, well, if I am like the mirror, let's say someone Mm -hmm. who shows up on social media, like inevitably the archetypal journey of someone who is the mirror is to have Mm -hmm. their followers or the people that like that love them question them and Mm -hmm. maybe not like them for a moment Mm -hmm. and like almost a culling down of an audience or a moment where your biggest fans become the ones who are criticizing you and you Mm -hmm. have to kind of get through that. And we've seen, we can see put up so many examples of like when that happens with creators of the past, but also creators currently on social platforms. And just knowing that like that's kind of part of the ride and you're going to survive it. You will survive it. Many more people have survived it. And there's a next stage and look to what happens next. Like what is the next step? I feel like that's really useful. Yeah. And another way that I like to think about it that cuts through very quickly which is pretty much the same as what is the lesson for me in this? What is the lesson right now? Like when I'm resisting something so strongly and it feels like I'm imprisoned in whatever situation. And I, that's usually when I know I'm facing some kind of intense resistance. Mm -hmm. I ask myself, what is the lesson for me here? Or what is the learning in this? And it's such a like quick shot into your body to be present with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. It's tough, <laughs> it's tough but it's good, you know? <laughs> really. <laughs> really. We talk about all of these ideas in Digital Alters, our class yeah. on social media, and we're actually going to run this as a binge mode digital alters. So it's going to be instead of over four days, it's just going to be one day going Ooh. hard on digital alters. So if you're a binger, if you just, you know, I don't know inhaled Netflix and the ultimatum like me, then I think you're really going to enjoy it, especially if you have a squiggly brain or ADHD. It's a really fun class. You'll make a ton of content and we'll kind of talk about a lot of the things and go deeper on the things that we talked about today. And it's going to be on Saturday, July 9th. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be really fun. Kind of the best way to do this type of content too is, at least for me, I've realized one of the things that I've been doing to get into whatever I'm trying to go deep on, I've realized I need a warm up. I need mm-hmm. like an appetizer. Yep. So if it's something really creative that involves like visuals, I'll like go to, you know, give myself a warm up by watching like a new music video or something, whatever. Nice. I've, I've been trying to think of warming up my brain like you do with your body for exercise. Yeah. Because to your point, you were talking about this, I think last episode of, or no, who knows? few episodes ago. Sometimes we're talking. (laughs) Sometimes. About being a dancer and even on the days where you're like, I could, I'll trade my arm in if I, (laughs) if I could just skip. I would rather kick rocks than do a jeté. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you get there and you warm up and inevitably there's muscle memory and you just get, you start the process of getting into the flow. I've been thinking about that a lot with work too. And how to do that for different types of tasks that require different like brain energy. Mm-hmm. That's not really the word, but you know. That was good. I liked it. <laughs> brain energy. <laughs> so what's fun about doing this in a day is you'll get, you know, warmed up. We do a lot of fun exercises. Michelle is an amazing teacher if you haven't already yeah. done. <laughs> well, I mean, those who know, know. They really know. <laughs> but for the ones who – and there's just – yeah, the crew's always fun. There's – so many fun exercises, but I think 
also doing it in a condensed period of time really allows you to kind of make certain leapfrogs faster than if you space it out because you can lose momentum. You definitely can. And it's like you're super, you're hyper mobile for the whole day. Like your brain is just like in the zone. It feels really good. Yeah. Okay. That's episode. We'll also link to information about digital altars in the show notes. Okay. Bye, Wallace. Bye. Bye.